Hey guys, it's Mike at Narcoleptic Customs Podcast Episode 29. Today, I hope you're ready. We are sitting down with Mr. Mike Lau of Mike Lau Racing Engines. Mr. Uh, I build engines for Derek Kelly. Uh, Mr. I build engines for about every fast vehicle in existence right now. There is a ton of vehicles with his name across the back a ton of winter circles that he has been a part of. Um, I am pumped for you guys to hear this. We're going to tell a little bit of his background. We're going to tell a little bit about what's going on with MLRE right now. And we're going to tell what the future holds for those guys, uh, for him and the uh, whole team there. So get buckled up, get you a beer. Let's get to it. All right, guys, I hope you are as excited as I am. We have Mr. Mike Lau right here in front of us in the office. <laughs> uh, we are going to go over a ton of super cool stuff today. Um, I kind of gave him a little bit of an intro into uh, kind of some of the cars you've been a part of and uh, how you build some of the fastest engines on the planet and uh, do it all right there out of the middle of the country. So I really talked you up in the intro. So don't let that go to your head. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this makes me nervous. It didn't go to my head. Yeah, right. So let's, uh, right out of the gate, I want to know, like, what's the horsepower of the top, like, two or three engines that you've built out of that place? Oh, there's, we've done, we did one top sportsman, uh, Brodix aluminum block, uh, big block. I mean, it's probably not the top horsepower, but it was, uh, it was around 1,800. Uh, with nitrous on it. Um, and that's awesome. We've done a ton of LSs that make, <laughs> I mean, 1,800 to, uh, you know, 2,200. Um, Golly. And I mean, we've had, I had one customer in Texas that made, I think he made like 2240 at the tire. And he said it had more to go, but he quit. Jeez. Um, he said so, that was fast enough. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a grudge racer. So I, you know, I can't, advertise that one but uh oh yeah just <laughs> pretty nasty it was a 434 dark ls next build Whew. that's awesome that's yeah. awesome I, I was like that that amazes me you know yeah, right. build. But, uh, that's so what's what's one of the strangest engines you've ever put together oh i've done a lot of strange engines i've done flathead ford i've done you know I, I kind of had like a bucket list of engines when I was a kid of things I, you know, I would like to build this engine because it's cool. Mm -hmm. I did Ford's like a tractor engine. It's, it wasn't <laughs> near as cool as I thought it would be. I've done 426 Hemi's, uh, side oil or Ford, like 427s. Uh, oh, wow. 396 big blocks. I mean, every kind of, just almost every kind of engine you can imagine. I've, I've done at least one, you know, but uh, wow, well, that's pretty cool. I, I figured, like, as long as you've been doing this, like, you've come across some really neat stuff. So, yeah. uh, we, we've come across some things. Uh, did a 49 Cadillac for a restoration shop one time, and it had sat wow. outside with no carburetor on it for like 30 years. It was oh my god, build, but how do, you, how do you break something like that loose? Just a bigger, bigger bar, they actually. <laughs> This was crazy. They actually took the engine out of the car and couldn't get it to break loose. So they, it had, when we went to get the engine from the shop, the crankshaft was sticking out and it was connected to the torque converter and everything. They took the <laughs> engine out around the crankshaft because they couldn't get it to turn over. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, so uh, 
it ended up being a bad block. It was just a pile of junk, but uh, that was pretty crazy. Right, the the numbers matching group there. They're like, yeah. well, what came in it? That's well, and I figured out. We well, I didn't figure it out. We figured out along those lines. He found a fifty Cadillac. He said, well, we'll just use the parts off of it. Well, they're different, and a fifty one Cadillac is different. So forty nine, fifty, and fifty one are all three different engines. See, that's so, that was the heyday of car building right there. Yep, they were all <laughs> every year. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, let's let's go way back. Let's talk about you as a kid. Well, I don't know how way back you would go if we're talking about an eleven-year-old. I don't know how old you are, but um, yeah. yeah. So, what about like like what's eleven-year-old Mike like? Is well, he pretty I, a car guy? Yeah, I was I was always into cars. Um, I've actually got a picture in in my bedroom on my dresser of me at probably a year and a half, maybe two years old, sitting in a uh, a sprint car that my dad built an engine for. Oh man. That's one of my first memories in life is I remember sitting in that car and I remember pushing the button and it started on the trailer. <laughs> and I remember my mom getting out and I just for some reason I remember that. And uh, yep. but I've got a picture of me sitting in that car. Uh, my dad built engines, racing engines from before the time I was even born. So oh that's cool. I pretty much was into that from day one, 11 years old, I was taking my bicycle apart, trying to figure out, you know, <laughs> you know, changing wheels, changing sprockets, trying to do different things. You know, I didn't like where this bar was. So I got a hacksaw cutting it off. I'm going to try to JB weld another bar on somewhere or something. That's awesome. Always messing with stuff, tearing the lawnmower apart. You know, <laughs> stuff so like was, was there a, uh, like, I don't, I don't know your dad's name, but like, was there a senior, Lau racing engines. Yeah, yeah. His name's Steve. Uh, his he had a shop called Lau Automotive. Um, oh, cool. And you know, I grew up around all the dirt track racers, all the drag racers. Um, you know, when I was about fourteen, I started working in his shop, and I pretty much just you know picked up cigarette butts out of the driveway, and <laughs> you know, just yep. started at the very bottom. And yep. Uh, took out the trash, burn trash, you know, press pistons off rods, that kind of stuff, clean parts. Mm -hmm. Just He started me just getting my hands dirty. You know, you'll figure out these things as you go. Just start here, you know, and then it that's pretty cool. And then it progressed into, well, uh, we're going to put you back here on this crankshaft grinder. And, you know, he set me up, you know, he set the crankshafts up and all I had to do was turn the wheel, but uh, I taught me how to read mics, taught me how to, pay closer attention to, to things because a uh, crankshaft grinder can kill you, <laughs> you know, oh, really if the wheel, if you get into it and the wheel hits the edge, a counterweight or something, it'll break. Oof. So, I mean, yeah, I, it, pretty serious stuff. Yeah. So, and I was hooked. I, I was hooked on the sound, the smell, the everything you could imagine, you know, just to see those cars run on Saturday, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and the stuff guys do all week to make that happen. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there, now we're going to get into some of the stories here in a little bit, but I mean, there's several stories of how people will call you at 11 o'clock at night. Oh my gosh, I, I got to have this ready by the weekend. And they'll bomb to your place from wherever and you make it happen and they end up racing, you know? So yeah, I try, I, I, I try my best for everybody. I mean, I know some people get mad because it takes too long, you know, sometimes. And, you know, I just try to, I try to do the best for everybody. I don't want to rush yeah. anything. Rushing leads to frustration. 
Frustration leads to mistakes. And I've made plenty. I promise you I've made a lot of mistakes. And, you know, I, I just try my best to make them, make them right. You know, there's, yeah. there's times where it would have been cheaper when a customer walked in the door, if I'd have just handed him $3,000 and said, get out. You know? <laughs> Here you go. Thanks. Go somewhere else. <laughs> right. I mean, but I appreciate every single one mm -hmm. of them, the good ones, the bad ones, you know, all of them. Uh, That's awesome. The good ones have elevated me to where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. The bad ones have motivated me to keep me going. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to let them see me quit. You know? Yep. That's pretty awesome. So being around stuff like that, like what did you learn to drive in? I mean, like, did, like if your dad had cool stuff, there's cool stuff around. I mean, like, well, the very first car I, I ever drove, well, I, my grandpa's truck was the first vehicle I ever drove and I just drove it through the field. But the first car I ever, the first car I ever drove was a guy that worked for my dad, had a 69 Camaro DZ302 four-speed car, Z28. Wow. I was supposed to go down to the post office and get the mail. And uh, I mean, this town was like 150 people. I mean, there was, you know, no traffic at all. And uh, he said, keys are in the car, take my car. And uh, I couldn't figure out how to shift it. So I just drove down there in low gear, you know? Oh my God, that's funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, then I finally figured out on the way back how to get, you know, in the next gear. But when I was, when I was 15, my dad said, you can have, we're going to get you a car and start getting it ready. So your choices are this. I found a 64 GTO, mm. 389, uh, you know, he built the motor in that car and he said, I can pick it up for a good price. 55 Chevy. It was a, a hard top. It's got a 283 cool. four speed. He said, I built the motor in that. You can get that. Or a 79 Firebird with a blown up 301 Pontiac and a burn up metric transmission. And the car <laughs> hit a bridge, so it's wrecked. Well, like a dumbass, I took that car. Oh. Because, you know, at the time, that was 1988. Smokey and the oh. Bandit, coolest movie, Trans Am, you know. Mm -hmm. I wanted that car. And uh, so I got that one, and uh, we just stripped the drivetrain out. And the, my first engine was a 421 small block, solid flat tappet cam. Realistically, probably 500, 550 horsepower. I mean, it wasn't, you know. That's awesome. But, for a 16 year old kid. Uh, That's a bunch. That's double what anybody else in high school had. <laughs> yeah. It had a, uh, you know, a 3,500 converter, stall converter, mm -hmm. uh, turbo 400, 390 gear. The car was pretty stupid, you know, <laughs> uh, it was, it was fun. Burnouts and donuts and oh, what, for burnouts. Oh yeah. That's it, awesome. And uh, before it had three nineties, it had the factory 241 gears in it. And uh <laughs> I'm, I'm scared to say my my best friend in high school, he could attest. We, we aired it out on the interstate a couple of times and it was pretty stupid. <laughs> That's awesome. If I knew they went that fast now. Right. Yeah. Times are different. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I think that pretty much that, that answers like first car and first job question I got, but, uh, the next one I have here is, uh, we need to correct something that Derek Kelly said in his podcast. <laughs> he said you've had like 158 cars or something like that, but, but yeah. to me and was like, it hadn't been that many. So give us, a, give us kind of a count. On, on the podcast, I was like, I was going to text him right there, but it was, I've had probably 80 cars. Um, I mean, that's still a bunch. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, <laughs> I wrote them all down one time because, People were doing this Facebook thing. It was like, uh, 
your 10 cars that you've owned. And I'm like, 10, hell. I started writing it all down. And I was like, man, I've got had quite a few cars. And I know there's some I'm forgetting. But That's awesome. I've had tons of square body trucks. I've had tons of G bodies. I've owned one Ford product. And it was 88 Mustang GT. And it was a pile of junk. Um, <laughs> what, you mean you didn't put an LS in it? <clears throat> no, not at the time. There was no LS then. But well, <laughs> hey, those cars were pretty quick. You know, back in the day, yep. Yep. I, I got mine handed to me a few times by Aaron Mick, a buddy that works at Comp Cams yeah, now, by his little notchback. Yeah, he'll be on in the next couple of days, too. So I, I'm excited about it. Him and I give each other a ton of shit all the time. Yeah. So um, now you're in Oak Ridge, Missouri, which yeah. tell everybody kind of where that is, like in relation to like St. Louis and uh, Bly Vegas, Arkansas. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Bly Vegas. The, uh, it's, I'm 90 miles south of downtown St. Louis. Um, oh, cool. We, uh, if you know where Cape Girardeau is, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, mm -hmm. we're about 12, 15 miles from Cape. Um, oh, that's awesome. We're kind of just, my, my shop is in a subdivision where my house is. Yeah. Um, never intended to be what it is now. It was, <laughs> you know, I built a shop to pretty much put my race car in and the machine equipment that we had at the time was to just build our own stuff and stuff for buddies, you know, mm -hmm. and it just turned into. You kept getting more stuff. buddies. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we were going fast and, and making, making waves everywhere we went with stuff. So it just kept growing and growing. And it's amazing, isn't it? You yeah, do it is. work and people come after you. That's awesome. Oh yeah. And, uh, but yeah, a lot of people that drive here, the GPS brings them, the back way, which comes across a low water bridge and <laughs> through the woods. It's paved road, but they're like, oh my God, you're in the middle of nowhere, man. It's like, no, it's not that bad. And, and then they drive out the front. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, before you, before you were full-time, what else did you do? Cause you haven't always been full-time at that is what Derek was saying. I worked um, when I graduated high school, I went to Universal Technical Institute in Houston. Mm. Uh, for nine months, got my diploma there. That was a waste of time. Um, and no offense to them. I just, you know, it, I didn't, I knew, I, I shouldn't say a waste of time. I knew by going to that school, I didn't want to work on cars for a living. You know, I didn't want to do, you know, at that time there was, we were still rebuilding carburetors, um, you know, mm. air conditioning, that kind of stuff. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to build race yep. car engines. And, um, I knew that pretty much going in, but, I did what I did. It was, it was yep. okay. Then when I got back, um, I didn't want to work at a dealership and my dad and my mom had just got a divorce and he had moved off to work at another race engine shop down in Arkansas, actually. Um, down at cool. And uh, yeah. so he, uh, uh, down at Hogan's. And so yep. he worked down there for a little while. And then uh, I started working at Dana corporation, working in a light axle division is a factory job, but we got to work on, you know, cool stuff on rear ends. Yep. We actually made all the gears and the carriers and the cases and oh, that's cool. Shipped them to the assembler. But anyway, uh, did that for five years, and I raced at the time. I had my own little shop, and I built my own stuff and uh, raced locally. You know, uh, Sykeston drag strip, Dyersburg. Mm -hmm. You know, it was pretty oh, hot. Been there, yep. Yeah, raced a lot there at those two tracks. Did a lot of little, you know, Mexico racing. Um, there was a good place. In, in oh, so you, you're in the right part of the country for that. Roads are flat and straight. Yes. 
and where everybody raced was all concrete in an industrial park. It was a dead end road. Nobody bothered us. We just didn't get, we just didn't abuse it. You know, you get in yep. there, you race your stuff, you get out. Mm. And, but the, uh, and, and I worked at Dana for five years and the Procter and Gamble paper plant out here is the, uh, it's probably the best factory job between, you know, St. Louis, Memphis people that actually, like my wife works there. That's where I met her. Mm. Uh, we hired in at the same time. And, uh, but she works with you, people. You laid, work. you laid the flirt down and she's like, I like this dude. And she couldn't resist my charms. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, but uh, the, uh, I worked there uh, for 21 years. Dang. I was still racing and I was still uh, building engines, machining. I was, edging more towards full-time in the shop. Mm -hmm. And finally I got to the point where I was doing two full-time jobs and I just, I burned all my vacation to work in the shop. And wow. it just finally, it just, I guess in, uh, well, in 2018, uh, I finally quit out there. You can retire at 55 from that place. Well, I was 45 when I quit. So <laughs> I wasn't going to work there another 10 years. Mm -mm. Just, I couldn't keep burning those candles at both ends. Yep. And my wife, you know, I was out there so we could have insurance and well, she's yep. still out there. So she carries the insurance now and it allows me to do what I do now. Um, that's and, awesome. I mean, that would be my, that's my top priority is, you know, taking care of my family and yeah. uh, I wasn't going to leave because of the insurance, but she yeah. can carry it. So uh, she said, so hang no, on, if I'm doing the math here, y'all been together a minute, like 23 or four years? Something like that, 1999, 21 years, yeah. Dang, that's awesome, man. Yep. Well, that's it, awesome. Any kids? Two kids. I've uh, got a, well, a stepdaughter. Um, her name is Brooke. She's 28, or she'll be 28 next month. Um, and I've been, you know, part of her life since she was about five. Yeah. And then Madison is our... Uh, our youngest, she's 17. She'll be 18 in January. She's a senior this year. Dang. But yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. So let me ask you this. So I have two girls, 10 and seven. And about three years ago, we were like, mm, should we try for a boy? And I said, the problem with having two girls is that if you have another girl, then you have three girls. <laughs> 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 yeah. So yeah, shop at the house is pretty important. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I wouldn't, you know, I love these girls. I wouldn't mm -hmm. trade them for anything. I mean, I'm actually, when I die, it's the end of the line there. If I didn't have a son, the name ends. I mean, I'm the last yep. one. And yep. So, so there's two narcs boys uh, after myself and Steven. So we're like, come still, on guys. <laughs> yeah. one yeah. more generation. Well, I told, like I told my grandpa before he passed away uh, eight or nine years ago, I said, you know, I'm sorry, you know, we didn't have a boy. And, and I said, the name ends with me. And he said, you know what, that just might not be such a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know. You feel better, I think. <laughs> yeah. Was that a compliment? I don't know. Yeah, like well, whatever. <laughs> That's funny. Well, before we dig into the shop um, and kind of how that, you know, plays out, where can people find you? Like, let's give them website, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, I mean, everything you got. Yeah. Um, Facebook's probably the easiest and most popular way. Mm -hmm. um, a business page is self-explanatory. It's Mike Lau Racing Engines. 
Um, you know, I've got Instagram, it's at Lyle Engines. I just, I don't, I'm not that good on Instagram. Um, yep. I, a lot of my buddies that have Instagram pages are like, man, you need to post on Instagram. My pictures get 400 <laughs> likes on Instagram where they only get like 12 likes on Facebook. Uh, and I'm like, man, yep. I just, I don't know. It, I like we'll Facebook. Talk, we're going to talk about that. social media too. Cause it, yeah. And, uh, talk about YouTube, that, so. I have a, a YouTube, I guess, channel, but mm -hmm. it's just a few old dyno videos when I have my chassis dyno over here and, um, they're just, you know, like I said, when we talked earlier, you know, my GoPro was mounted up so, you know, I could <laughs> video and most of the pictures, most of the videos are me just like looking at the camera, like, how does this thing work? What yeah, is know? it on? That's yeah, three you minutes know. of me standing there talking to somebody and then I cut it off before the, before the run starts, you know? Yep. Whatever. Yep. There's been so many videos I've recorded that are opposite. Like I think I'm turning it on. <laughs> then I turn it off, but I'm really, when I turn it off, it'd be like eight minutes. I'm like, what if I record for eight minutes? It's just me and Steven standing around talking. I'm like, yeah. Crap. yeah, it's like having your phone on in your pocket, you know? Yeah, right, right. So uh, you have apparel, you got shirts or a shirt. Yep, yep, yep. So I'm going to order that here in just a few minutes. I'm excited about that. But uh, what, what's probably the easiest way to get you the shop phone, uh, email? How do you? If, if a new person is hearing this and they're like, I want you to build my engine, how should they go about getting a hold of you? My number one, I mean, there's all, you know, there's all kinds of communication these days. Mm -hmm. My number one way I like to communicate is through my business page, uh, through okay. the messenger on my business page. That way we can carry on a conversation and I can keep tabs of what we talked about. You know, mm -hmm. I get a ton of PMs through my personal page. I get text on my cell phone. I get, you know, <laughs> emails. I've got two email accounts. So I get emails on both. Mm -hmm. um, now my bit, my website, uh, MikeLowRacingEngines.com, where you, where you can order that t-shirt. It's, it's got a messaging page and, and people are sending messages on there. And I've got a good friend of mine, uh, Daryl Whitlow that helps me with that. And he'll say, Hey, did you see this message? And I'm like, hell no, I don't even know. <laughs> You know, what does it say? Yeah, <laughs> awesome. you know, I didn't even know I got a message on there. So my business page is the best way to do it. Okay, good. Everybody, you hear that. If you're new to the MLRE family, go through the, <laughs> go through the Facebook page messenger. It's probably the best. Um, so obviously it was part-time uh, for you to, to start out with. So you were doing it, you said for buddies and stuff. Um, you know, we have narcoleptic as a part-time, like it's uh, about two nights a week is what I get in the shop. What, uh, what kind of schedule did you have worked out? Cause like if I get, so like after this, I'll go work with my buddy, Brian late at black seed originals. We're doing a, a fuel injection install on a 57 Chevrolet and he's doing the interior. So, you know, now I've got Wednesday night, Thursday night and Friday night in the shop. So like, how do you, was there a certain schedule you worked in the shop? No, we at PNG I work swing shifts. So oh, cool. okay. I mean, I could have told you seven years from now whether I'm working on a Sunday night or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um so we had our schedule already laid out. And oh okay. So so swing shift you're on three or four days off, three or four days type stuff. So that's cool. So and with if I could I could work my vacation. I had top seniority on my team for a while. I could work my vacation to where like, for example, the day we would always get off on Thanksgiving. Well, we always, our team always worked the day before Thanksgiving 
and Thanksgiving. That was our schedule. Well, they automatically gave us Thanksgiving off as a holiday. So I would use vacation and get that one day before, and I would have 11 days off. Jeez. One day of vacation. So, That's awesome. So I would spend most of that time working in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I actually worked full time in the shop, you know, and because yeah. I put in a lot of hours and I went without a lot of sleep because if we work nights, like we worked on Monday, Tuesday night, I would work in the shop all day Monday yep. and go work on the plant Monday night, sleep Tuesday, work Tuesday night. And then when I got off work Wednesday morning, I'd come back to the shop and work. Yep. So it was, it was rough for a while, but yep. um, then in, like I said, in uh, July of 18, um, I went in, I, I brought in a business partner, um, which was a horrible, horrible decision um, and managed to go through that for a year and uh, then I uh, cut him loose and pretty much just said I'm doing it on my own you know from here on out yep I think I remember that time like that time yeah you know because it was a little bit of Facebook drama that kind of went along with that and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and all that stuff and we're definitely not I don't want to let's not go down that rabbit nope. hole so since then, I mean, like, and you've only gotten busier, or I've just been noticing you more, one of the two. Oh, no. It's much yeah. busier. Yeah. So, I mean, it's about processes and efficiency for you, I'm sure, on your end. Yes. yes. Um, one question I do have uh, here before we roll through kind of some of the other stuff is uh in the early days, was there like an engine that you were known for? Like, oh, man. You're building a small block, take it over to Mike. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, my dad, he uh, had, he, I don't know, there, there may, may not be any controversy surrounding this, but as far as I know, um, my dad invented the 421 small block Chevy. And I know there's going to be people out there going, oh my God, bull crap. <laughs> but in the 70s, he figured out that if he offset ground a 400 crank, used a small journal, 327 or 283 rod, Pontiac piston, and did a little, you know, did some machine work to it. It would make 400, well, it made like 419 cubic inches. And uh, everybody was awesome. 421. Well, then uh, they, like in the late 80s, early 90s, companies started making those rotating assemblies, you know, because mm -hmm. you couldn't buy that stuff then. And it was uh, before the internet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, you just couldn't buy those parts. And um, so, anyway, I had 421s in pretty much all my stuff. Um, I built them for buddies. I, you know, one of my buddies has a 72 Chevy pickup with a 421 in it that I built in 1995. Wow. And it's still going, and he runs the crap out of that thing. <laughs> but, I mean, he takes good care of it, but yep. I mean, that thing's still going. That's and awesome. We've got one in here now that's getting ready to go out probably tomorrow. Uh, we just finished it up running on the stand, and it was uh, – one that the first crankshaft I ever ground at my dad's shop, it's that engine. Wow. That's it was cool. built in like 87, 88, somewhere in there. Wow. And it just that's came cool. for a And uh, the same guy has had it this whole time, and he gave it to his son to put in his truck, his uh, mm -hmm. 879 Chevy pickup. And he wanted to bring it in. I, I converted it from a flat tap at cam to a roller cam, you know, hydraulic roller and uh, – Bumped it up a little bit like that, but that was awesome just to see that. You know? That's really cool. I mean, dude, that motor's been around. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 30 it's, something years, you know, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But that was what we were kind of known for was the 421 
Um, we built, and we actually, when we first started here at this shop in 05, uh, me and my dad built this shop and we were doing a lot of big block Fords. Uh, there was a lot of mud racing going on at that time. Full mm -hmm. uh, trucks. We were doing big block Fords, small block Fords. Um, and we did still do a lot of small block Chevrolets um, and small block Chrysler, big block Chrysler. I mean, we were doing, at that time, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to be available for anyone. And I, you know, yep. but as time progressed, um, I built a, an LS engine for myself uh, for my own race car. And that was in, oh, I want to say, oh, seven. And uh, that actually, that engine actually just came in for a freshen. That's the first time it's been, uh, wow. I sold it to a guy. And it's, it's a big engine in the stock block. And uh, it run 630s on motor in the eighth, 990s quarter on pump gas. That's All the awesome. Years. And, uh, but anyway, wow. that, that kind of started the LS thing. People saw how that car ran. So they started bringing LS stuff. And then, um, we started doing some turbo stuff and we were one of the first, well, we, uh, Kurt Irving was the first guy to ever go force in the eighth with a stock block of any kind, stock LS part. Uh, mm -hmm. We, we were the first stock block at the time we claimed we were the first stock block in the fours on radials. You know, now wow. everybody's got a record. It's like stock block on a Tuesday. Wipers, you know, purple suit covers, <laughs> you know, whatever. But yeah, uh, but that you know that that got a lot of attention because it was at that time it was a three seventy, you know, and it was running you know four eighties, four nineties before anybody else was running four eighties and four nineties. Dang, that's awesome. And uh, so that I learned a lot on that particular uh, setup, and that's where. Uh, we really got rolling with the with the turbo stuff, mm -hmm. and it's just That's kind awesome. of narrowed down a little bit more. Every you know every year we just narrow down a little bit more into what we're what we're doing. And so, so I'm I'm doing the math here. Did you work both jobs for 15 years? Yes. Holy because you said 05 and that thing. That's crazy because like what I. I wish I worked on a swing shift almost because it, it would be nice to have a couple of days off. Cause like Steven, he was overnights for a month and then days for a month. He could get so much stuff done because he wouldn't sleep. He was like you, and uh, I need my sleep. You don't, you don't look this pretty by not getting <laughs> sleep. So, <laughs> but you know, we spend 20 hours a week. Maybe I can't imagine. Cause I mean, at that point, if you have three days off and you spend 10 hours, I mean, you're working 80 hours a week, every week. And yeah. no, no days off. It's not like you're like, okay, well, it's Saturday and Sunday. I'm just going to chill. Nope. It's like, I'm going to go do this. That's and wild. I, I got to, I, I can say this now because I don't work there anymore, but you know, I spent a lot of my time, not a lot of my time. I spent some of my time at the plant. The people that I work with that are going to watch this are going to be like, yeah, we know. But <laughs> that was when I would answer all my messages and, you know, respond, you know, to people because I could, mm -hmm. my job was not, uh, I had some seat time, so I could, oh, yeah. and, you know, I could, uh, uh, do those things. Now I got my ass chewed plenty of times by managers for being on my phone too much or you know, whatever. <laughs> See how that worked out for you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, it's, tell us like, give us the conversation with the wife when you're like, listen, I don't want to work two jobs anymore. 
like how did that go dinner i'm sure it was probably dinner time and she probably knew it was coming because i'm sure she's tired of you working 80 hours a week too so well she uh she also like i said she works out there and works swing shifts so she worked the opposite shift i did as far as like if while i was on days she was on nights oh wow she was on days because that way we could take care of the kids you know Mm -hmm. if there was always somebody at home yep but being that she would be on nights and I'm on days. So the next day she would sleep and I, you know, I could come out here and work and Mm -hmm. the conversation was pretty much me getting frustrated out there at the plant because of just constant normal work stuff. Yep. Yes. And, uh, you know, I know everybody has that stuff at their own job and I was just like, I can make as much or more money in the shop, even if I can't, it'll prolong my life. You know, I mean, I'm just, I can't <laughs> yep. take it anymore out there. And she said, then quit. She said, go do what you are good at doing and what you've always dreamed to do. Go do That's it. That's awesome. And That's yeah, awesome. she is just the best thing ever. Um, you know, everybody brags about how awesome their wife is. Well, mine really is. Yeah. And I, I am, I married way out of my, definitely it sounds like for sure so let me ask this when you first like you give your notice at work you're like okay bye guys i appreciate it y'all come by the shop hang out whatever and then that next like you're not the kind of guy that probably took like two or three days off to re you know to start your new job so like what's the morning after you don't work at the planning what's that like like is it like relief right you're just like yes so, and then how does that transition? Did you, after you were solely Mike Lyle Racing Engines, do you think you worked more in the shop then than what you did before? Like uh, more than what you did with both jobs? Yes. Wow. The, the day I quit out there uh, was July 5th, 2018. And it was, you know, went to team meeting that morning Nobody on my team really said anything. Nobody on the offgoing team really said anything. I was like, this is the last day I've worked with these people forever. And nobody really said anything. And I was like, okay. So we go out to the floor and uh, I went and told, you know, individually told everybody that I worked with goodbye. And it's a pleasure working with you. And we talked for a little bit. And I was like, you know what? If, if we don't have anything else to do other than what we're doing, I'm going home. You know, well, they go, yep, exactly right. So I left that morning about 1030 and uh, I drove, I was like, I got shit to do at the shop. So I'm leaving. So I drove out here and I came out to the shop and my phone rang and it was a person that I worked with and on my team out there. And they said, uh, everything has come apart. The shit's hit the fan. (laughs) You know, what do, what do we do now? You know, with this thing's running wide open, we have no control, you know, <laughs> and I said, I don't work there anymore, you know, and wow, I, I hated to be like that, but it's like, you know, yeah, thank, I'm out guys. Thanks. You know, I'm busy, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. and we just started, started rolling. I mean, it was, yeah. uh, and at that time, like I said, I had, uh, that was when I brought the business partner in. It was exactly mm-hmm. at that time. Uh, so um, it freed the reason I brought them in was to handle invoicing, messaging, mm-hmm. phone calls, stuff like that. So I could concentrate on machining and building. Yeah. And, uh, so that's what I did. You know, I, I just put my nose to the grind and just started working. And that's, that's awesome. That's, that's what I love doing. 
Yeah, I would do yeah. it for free if I could. I mean, yeah. but I can't. But it's more fun to get paid for it. Yeah, and the bank the, wants the, money for this, for this equipment and stuff like that. Well, and the other side of that too is like, you know, if, uh, if someone's giving you money, you're uh, more apt to like go that next step and, and just do that, that little bit better job because, you know. Well, and I spend people's, I, and I tell this to everybody, I know I've got a lot of people that don't like me for whatever reason, you know, they think I did them wrong or whatever, but nobody, even the people that think I've done them wrong, they can't say I didn't try to help them. There you and go. I, I spend your money like I spend my money. If, you know, yeah. I don't buy into bullshit, I don't, I deal with reality, not theory. Yep. And I've been around this my entire life. I know what works. Not to say I can't learn something. You know, I've got things to learn every day, and I learn things every day. Mm -hmm. But I spend your money, you know, like if you wanted to buy, say you wanted to make 1,200 horse at the tire, um, but you wanted to buy a, an ultra billet crank. I'm going to tell you, man, that's really not worth spending that money, you know. Right. And, and I get a lot of those calls, you know. Or I'll get they, been wants to make parts shopping. Yep. Right. You know, or I get somebody that wants to make fifteen hundred of the tire with a stock crank and a and a stock five three aluminum block. I'm like, well, let me maybe help you, you know, on this end, you know, when we talk about it. Um, and I like to, I like to form relationships with people. Yeah. Uh, it makes things easier if something goes wrong. It just makes things a lot easier. You know, they know they can call me. They know we can talk about it. You know, I'm not about the blame game. If I screw up, I'm going to hold my hand up and say, you know what? I screwed up. I'm going to eat this. But at the same time, you know, I get so many people that call and say, well, this happened and it's this. Oh, oh well, you've already tore it down and looked at it. No, but my buddy said it's this. Well, how do you know? You know, let's not, right. let's not start getting panic in our minds. And I was going to say, Facebook has probably uh, created some of that as well. Oh, yeah. Well, and before that, even it was, you know, uh, the forums, you know, oh, yeah. on the internet. Yep. Uh, but now everybody's comfortable with saying what they want to say through private messaging or uh, through or on a forum on Facebook or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that they can say whatever they want and nobody, you know, nobody has to. Yeah. Cause, and there's no point in arguing with folks because like, uh, like if you're just going to be like, you're literally arguing with somebody that's on their phone, you know? So we yeah. all get a kick out of people arguing on the internet. So yeah, <laughs> I, I avoid that. Means... there are so many times that I want to just, you know, I'll type out a response and I'm like, you know what? If, if people are dumb enough to listen to some of these guys, I don't want them here anyway. You know? Yep. That's exactly right. So one of the, uh, let's stay on that for a minute because one of the jobs that I've, I've realized uh, for folks kind of like in your situation, one of the hardest things is like, a, cause you're the social media guy too, you know? Mm -hmm. So unless you have like somebody that's dedicated to do that, which I don't know anybody that can afford to just have somebody taking pictures and posting on the internet for them. But like, how do you handle that? Like, are, if, if I see a post on uh, the Facebook page, is that generally taken by you? Not necessarily. Um, my good friend, James Sisk, he does, you know, Sisk photography. Mm -hmm. He, he was on me back in like 20, 
2012, 2013. He's like, you've got to get a Facebook page. I was like, I ain't, I hate, I ain't doing that. You know? And yep. he was like, Oh, you need to do that, man. And he, he goes to all these tracks and takes pictures, you know? So mm -hmm. he was like, I'll post some pictures. So I made him an admin on my page and he got helped me get my page or my uh, page started. And he's still an admin on the page. And, and that's uh, awesome. And so a lot of pictures came from him. Most of what I do now is I share, you know, like mm -hmm. a customer will make a post, Hey, we won, you know, at this track, I'll just share it, you know? Yep. And you I like Derek Kelly, I like Derek Kelly. I think everybody <laughs> thinks that, you know, sometimes I, I'm me and Derek have talked about it. I'm like, man, I don't even know if I want to share it. Cause I think people are just sick of seeing it. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, like how many I, times I, can that son bitch win? <laughs> yeah. I tease him. It's like, uh, you know, on Forrest Gump when he said, I got to go see the president again, you know, <laughs> I just, I tease him about that, but that's awesome. But I, I, I get confused sometimes on what people want to see because like I'll post a picture I, and I very rarely post pictures of engines we're building. Um, mostly because uh, there's always somebody that's going to nitpick. It's like, Oh my God, look, he's got a bolt laying on the table back there. You know, I zoomed in on it. And, and so, I mean, and a lot of Facebook is perception. Yep. Uh, you know, you can make anything look like anything you want and, you know, you can make it look like you've got a big shop in an industrial park and stainless tables and white walls and all this stuff. And in reality, you know, it's, it's not that. Yep. Uh, so I try to, mostly I try to share posts, you know, from, from winning customers and, you know, just uh, as much as I can anyway, I don't want to dilute. Yep. That's what I tell uh, some of my friends that, you know, they're like, why don't you post more? I'm like, because I want my posts when I make them to have some credibility. I don't want to just post every single day, you know, everybody's like, Oh, he's posting again. They scroll right by, you know, yep. but I can so understand that one thing I will say. So I've been helping uh, a local guy on his page is that the, uh, and it's funny for, cause I, I literally am an admin on his page and <clears throat> post everything, right? We post like three times a day to Facebook. What's funny is when like I'm not in that and I'm on my own, I only see like one every other day of the stuff I post. I mean, like I physically post it from my phone and still physically only see like one post out of every six. I'm like, so, yeah. so my theory on it is throw it out there. Somebody will see it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I get a lot of people that, that uh, they'll say something about posting and I'm like, I posted that last week and they're like, I didn't see it, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, the Facebook, how they've got their algorithms oh, yeah. and that stuff. It's, you know, um, but, you know, and, but every once in a while I'll post something and I'll see a bunch of new likes, you know, cause I see, who, yeah. you know, you see who, who likes everything. And yep. it's like, well, it's not the same 24 people liking the post. <laughs> you know? These are yep. people who don't normally like posts. So I try to monitor that and to say, okay, well, these, these people want to see something new, you know, so mm -hmm. maybe I should post more about this or, Yep. Uh, you know, something like that. And, and that's probably the hardest part for us. So I am a, uh, a believer in document, not create. Right. So like, uh, for us, you know, we work on some customer cars, like we do fun stuff in the shop, you know? So we basically will take, uh, take pictures of stuff that we're doing that way. We're just, 
we're documenting for the customer and for us. So we can look back in 10 years when grandkids come along, hopefully more than 10 years, yeah. 15, 18 years maybe. And, uh, and go, you know, Hey, look, this is what Papa did right here. That's what I did, you know, and things like that. So that's how we, we view our YouTube and our, our social media stuff. So how many engines do you have in the shop right now? Right now, I mean, usually there are about 40 in rotation at all times. Wow. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it's, and I don't know, a lot of people walk in and they're like, how do you keep all this straight right here? He's like, because I'm in it every day. Yeah, and I mean, I know, you know, I've got a dry erase board where I keep it you know, a list of the people and, you know, uh, that's, you know, that's to, to kind of keep track of that. But mm -hmm. I just know, you know, what crank's supposed to go in what engine, you know, and, and man, that's, that is why, but think of the time it would take you to keep that on an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Like you'd have to go in every time you order a part, go, you know, and like then put it in and then it would just, it would probably take more time to do that than it would be worth for you, you know, because you're in it, you live it every day. Well, I, I probably screw myself more often than not on, like if I forget to order something for an engine, like I'm, you know, almost through with this engine, I'm like, I don't have any rocker arms. So I'll, I, where I screw myself is where I'll just overnight everything, yep. you know, it's like, oh, I gotta have them tomorrow, boom, I'll overnight them. So I eat a yep. ton in overnight shipping. Um, but that's, that's not their problem. That's my problem. <laughs> right. So um, my next question is like, how many employees do you, like, do you have employees? How many, what do they do? I mean, like, yeah, I have uh, my buddy Wes uh, that you just saw right before he just, mm -hmm. um, he's been with me for about a year. He's uh, awesome. We went to UTI together. In, in oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, that's where we met. Um, he's actually from here local, but we didn't, he was from another town kind of close. I mean, we played each other in football and stuff, but we didn't know each other. Wow. But uh, he, we met down there, we shared an apartment. And uh, when I graduated, I came back here. When he graduated, he went in the Air Force and stayed in the Air Force for 26 years. Oh, so wow. When he retired, he moved back here and he walked in one day. And he's like, hey, man, I've been seeing you all over Facebook, your, your stuff. I just want to see how it's going and I mean he was a F-15 or F yeah F-15 fleet mechanic leader so he Dang. you know tolerances are pretty important on his end pretty important and uh <laughs> he's just been great great help um and then I hired a recently hired a, a boy that's graduated from uh Rankin Technical College up mm -hmm. in St. Louis and uh he's been here a few weeks and uh that's cool yeah he's he's uh He's definitely, he's, he's doing well. He, um, he's, it's good to have that kind of help, you know, I mean, to clean parts, uh, yeah. you know, take out the trash, do those things. I mean, somebody's got to do that. And for years it yep. was me. And um, you were doing that and building engines. Yeah. Yeah. And answering the phones and answering messages. And, you know, it's, uh, every minute counts out here. So oh, I, I can only imagine. So you don't, you know, 40 hours a week in the shop and 40 hours a week on the shop, you know, yeah. messages and phone calls and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, obviously we are, uh, I mean, I came across your stuff from drag racing uh, just because of kind of the stuff I follow, but 
you know, this part of the country, especially over there, uh, dirt track stuff is big. Yes. So did you, did you do, did you race dirt track? And then, I mean, obviously you obviously drag raced, but. Yeah, I, I drag raced. Um, we did, my dad did probably more dirt track engines than he did drag race engines. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was when dra uh, dirt track was huge around here. And actually down here in your area, it was, um, you know. Yeah, big time. Rosesville, Dyersburg, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Walnut Ridge, Pocahontas. Um, yep. All those places down there. And, you know, he had engines running at all those places. And um, I really wanted to dirt track when I was a kid. That was, I wanted to race dirt late models. Yeah. And, man, I was just, that was my thing. And uh, then... And we had Farmington up here and Peebley and some other tracks. Um, and then Benton opened up. That was a big deal. And uh, so I did a few dirt engines at the time um, and actually uh, did some work for some of my dad's old customers. Uh, one of my dad's old customers, his son started racing. And I remember when he was born and he was racing. So I was doing his engines. And uh, it just, but I always drag raced. So, you know, um, that was where I was always seen at the track and mm -hmm. uh, it just kind of I mean like I said I wanted to dirt race but that's a full-time job you know I got a ton of respect uh, yeah. for all those guys because they're putting a body on the car you know half I mean they're what they do between the races is full maintenance on the cars you know yeah my drag car I just washed it and put the garage you know and uh, but, yeah and then I mean I started racing nationally um and uh, did that for a few years, raced, uh, it was, at that time, it was the Edelbrock Pro Series, mm -hmm. uh, and it was NMCA, uh, kind of, you know, uh, it's NMCA now, and right. uh, did, did okay there, you know, learned a lot, you know, and uh, kind of got out there on the national stage and had a lot of fun, you know. That's awesome. So we're doing uh, Rocky Mountain Race Week in a couple of weeks. Uh, any events like that you think in your future? You got, well, let me back up. Uh, what project car, do, do you currently have a project car of your own? Not, no. I have uh, an 84 Chevy uh, four-wheel drive square body. Um, mm. I totally restored. Uh, well, I, you know, a uh, friend of mine painted it, you know, did the body. I built an engine for him. He did the body. Um, That's cool. Another friend of mine did the wiring, you know, and all that stuff. But I did the engine. And then I, another shop, they did the transmission. And I did an engine for them. You know, I mean, it's like swapping a bunch of stuff out. But <laughs> yeah. that truck was what I always wanted, you know, growing up, was that exact truck what I've got now. Oh, that's cool. It's But at the time, you know, I mean, now it's a fuel-injected LS1 in it. I mean, they didn't have yep. that back then. But, you know, it's a... It's an LS1, um, you know, it's on 38 inch tires. It's a, uh, it's cool. Ooh, I track. like it. Yeah. Fun to drive. It, it rides great. Uh, I, we, we did that back in like 2016. And, uh, I think I've got about 17, 1800 miles on it. It just sits in my shop. I don't ever drive it. <laughs> and I've what actually got my eye on another truck right now that I'm, I want to sell this square body and I want to buy this, this other one that a customer's got. Yeah course first thing i'm going to do is yank the motor out of it and and build a motor i, I did all the machine work for him on this one it's just a 350 mm -hmm. uh, small block chevy and it runs pretty good um yep. i want i've got an ls 
in mind that I want to stick in it. And, That's know. cool. And now, is it four-wheel drive or two-wheel drive? No, it's two-wheel drive. Oh, hey. And so, I don't even, I may or may not get it. I don't know. Just depends. Yeah. So, uh, l let me ask you this. So, if you're looking at, like, dedicated drag cars, let's take Derek's car, right? Mm -hmm. And then let's take, like, a car that is maybe a little slower, but does like like drag week or rocky mountain race week i mean what are the differences in those engines i mean like i i just it blows my mind that somebody can take a car like his that has you know huge injectors and all that kind of stuff and and then drive that thing all week you know first of all let's let's call derek's car a street car because that's what he you know <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean but he'll drive it I, I get it but yeah um, i mean a car that runs that that well and that you know uh, at the track, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty awesome, you know, but mm -hmm. the, the differences in the engines, there's just not a lot. Um, wow. You know, I mean, I could, I'm actually doing a, a an engine for a car right now for the Rocky Mountain uh, deal. Sweet. It's just, uh, you know, it's very similar in, in its build, the way Derek's engine is, or you know, mm -hmm. a lot of the other ones that I've got out there that, you know, they're hydraulic roller, um, you know, pretty much I apply all the same principles to every engine, whether like if you've got an 09 Chevy truck that dropped a DOD lifter and you want a stock rebuild, I, I do the same, pay the same attention to that thing as I do to Derek's motors. That's um, cool. And, but the, the difference is pretty much just what level do you want your engine to be you know if you i'm going to use you know i'm going to push the dark blocks because i like i like those blocks i work with them a lot um i got some of the uh, two of the first shps that ever came out when they when they oh wow pulled them out they were serial numbers 15 and 16 and they started awesome. the first 10 so i mean uh, we got in on that um but uh i like those blocks the shp shp pros Mm -hmm. And the LS Next, even um, that's a great block. I love that. But uh, um, but we do. I just shipped an LSX out this week. I've got an LSX I'm building right now. Uh, we do a lot of stock block stuff. You know, all all it depends on is basically what level you want to run at mm -hmm. and what your budget is. Yep. Um, you know, I can pretty much work anything within a realistic budget. You know. Um, and make it work what uh what is like if if somebody calls and like what is something on like the goal list that you feel like people need to uh have figured out ahead of time you know like they're like hey i want to make x power or run x amount of time or like is budget more important or is kind of having uh so i'll just tell you the story so the old truck that i have it's a 210,000 mile, 4.8, 78 millimeter turbo, cam, all that kind of stuff, right? So our goal with it was 600 wheel, rolling burnouts, and take my kids to get ice cream. Mm -hmm. So it it does two of the three anytime we want. So we're at like 500 wheel right now. And so we've got a few upgrades. I'm going to put another pump in and probably go E just to make it live better because it's available right down the street. So we were nervous to run that in the, anyways, 
But that was my goal for like four years of gathering parts. So when I called, uh, when I called Mick, I was like, Hey man, this is, this is the, uh, I want a converter that's going to work with this cam. I want you know, the old truck weighs this, you know, this is what I'm gonna do for suspension, things like that. Um, if you were going to give somebody a tip on what to, to put together before they call you and say, Hey, I want to make 1500 horsepower and run four sixties. Like, what what's some information they need to have written down? They need, well, the the first thing they need to do is find this <laughs> The uh, they need to just first of all they need to be realistic with their budget. I mean, I can work with almost anything, but I get calls that people say, "Hey, I want to make thirteen hundredth tire with a stock bottom end." six liter not going to happen you know i'm not even going to try it well i saw it some guy on youtube did a video where they made 1300 at the tire you know or 1300 horsepower with his 60 and they mm -hmm. kept pulling on it till it blew up and they made you know it's like okay i'm not going to put my name on that because <laughs> right you know everything matters um, yeah and they did it with a 400 dollars turbo <laughs> right. you know, yeah they may have done it once <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yep and but I'll say, you know, let me recommend that we do at least pistons, rods, you know, you're going to, I'm going to get, get you lined up in order of what would be the weakest points to address first. Yep. You know, um, I've actually got a guy that I did a 388 dark short block for, and we put 243 heads on it because that's what he had. But I said, you can, you know, that was, and at the time that was what he had. So mm. I said, that's not going to hurt. You're just going to be limited by that. So next, next in line, when you're ready to go do a set of uh, six bolt heads, you've already got the block, you've already got the short block, everything's already done. All you gotta do is put the heads on it. You know? It's a great idea, yeah. And, and I do that a lot. I try to you know, help them prioritize. Um, these are the things that I would recommend you replace first. You know? mm -hmm. um, if you're gonna stick with stock bottom in, you know, I get a lot of guys that wanna do stock block, half inch head studs, they want to do custom age main studs, they want to do everything to the stock block. And I'm like, okay, we can do that. But let me tell you about this other, about the, about a dart block and figure you up something on there. And every time right. I figure it they go, well, that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I figured it was going to be $5,000 different. No, it, it's not near yeah. that much. You know? Right. Yeah. I was going to say th things are pretty re like, The good thing about so much, um, competition and parts availability in the LS world is that, well, really everything anymore, but is people don't have gigantic margins on stuff because they can't, because they're all competing. There's five different block manufacturers, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So well, and it's also shops fighting other shops, you know, you've got, oh, yeah. you know, a shop over so-and-so's, you know, working out of his, you know, garage at his house or his living room, you know, with a laptop and he's cutting everybody's throats on prices. Well, that sucks because yeah. part of how I make a living is selling parts. Yeah. And I, I always, I know, I don't feel like I know I'm competitive on pricing, you know, and that just, you know, I mean, and it's a, it's a, a fine line to, you know, to you, <laughs> accept parts that somebody bought somewhere else or you know do you 
just selling parts. I mean, like you don't walk into Outback and take your own steak. You know, you buy right. it there, you eat it there. They cook it there. Yep. That's how they do it. Yeah, you don't you don't generally bring your own steak. <laughs> yep. So uh, I, I think the uh, phone calls in the background and the messages uh-huh. are <laughs> are telling us what this next question is. But like, what's it like to be Mike Lau right now? I mean, like, I, I, my question is: Did you ever think you would be on TV? Never. Building engines. Because like you're going to be on uh, Motorhead Garage, right? Yeah. I've already been on. They showed the first episode last Sunday. Oh, that's awesome. They've got a few more. They've got uh, some other times that they're going to air the same program. And uh, yeah, I was on there, um, talked about oiling mods on blocks that we come up with and uh, things like that. And basically kind of what we talked about. When when is a good time to step into a better uh, setup like a dark block? you know, or, or aftermarket heads like Brodick's heads or, you know, something like that. Um, and that's cool. so that's, you know, uh, yeah, I didn't ever think I would be on, on TV. Um, <laughs> never thought anybody would ever want to do a podcast. You know, it's like, it's, it's humbling. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed beyond anything I could ever imagine. Uh, that's awesome. And we're very busy and, uh, yeah. That's always sometimes, a good thing. I sometimes, well, my phone's automatically set to go to do not disturb uh, when I walk out of the shop. So, <laughs> oh, that's cool. And I hate to do that. You know, I like to be available, you know, um, yeah, but, but I mean, I get calls at 10 o'clock at night, you know? Yeah. I was going to say the thing is like at, at some point you do have to like go, okay, I'm going to have a regular life for a minute and uh, go to dinner with my family. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's awesome you know, driving down the road with my wife, you know, the phone will ring and I, and she'll just look at me like, you know, <laughs> you're like oh, oh, two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's never two <laughs> minutes. It's going to be two minutes. It's going to be 22 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're in the truck talking, she's inside eating, you know, but yeah, I've, I've lived that before. She's used to it. And I hate putting her and, and my, you know, my family through that a lot, you know, but I mean, I want to keep, and, and the word customer to me is kind of impersonal, you know, um, client is even more impersonal than that, I think. But, um, I, I like to keep, let people know that I'm, you know, that's why I'm here. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm going to be, you know, keep me in the loop, talk to me, you know, ask me questions, you know, whatever, you know, give me mm-hmm. feedback. Um, yeah. T- tell me stuff. Let's, let's yeah. get a plan. So, with all of the parts that you offer and all the different companies and people can find that on the website, they can, they can go in and look, uh, could somebody call you and uh, I hate to just call it a crate setup, but like go, Hey, build <laughs> this, you know, like I get and- more calls. And it's when Derek, I told Derek, I said, we need to start scheduling when you make a post because <laughs> when you make a post, I get 50 phone calls. I want what Derek Kelly has. That's and I've actually got it in my computer, my QuickBooks system, as a Derek Kelly engine. So oh it makes it gosh. easy for me to quote, you know. And Derek's just great. I mean, he, you know, yep. we're, we're friends. Yep. Um, and you, you heard the story, you know, uh, from him about how, you know, we got hooked up on all this stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of, I, I use 
we, 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 we kind of experiment a little bit with Derek's stuff sometimes and, and, you know, like, let's see if this works. And, and sometimes and then it's like, it does. Oh, and it's like, yeah, his, his stuff, uh, he's living right or something. I don't know. I can't figure it out because like his stuff just works and it works yep. all the time. Maybe it's just the engine builder. I don't know, but I'm just, no, I, I definitely, I definitely like receiving some of the credit, but I definitely can't take, you know, every, everybody thinks, and this has been a fight from, years decades is it's either if everything's going great the engine's awesome if anything's going wrong it's the engine builder's fault and i yeah. know two fight the same fight but <laughs> oh i can't even I, imagine so like i've got I, uh i'm the ring opinion that's the engine builder's fault you know it's yeah like, dang tuner put too much boost in it. so i meet with uh i'm going i'm hopefully taking the cart down to uh, jp's place on sunday morning so uh, I'm uh, tuned by JP. So I, I'm excited to have him on and get a tuner aspect of some stuff. But here's what I want to do. So um, my kids will be home in a minute. So you heard them earlier. So here, here's what I want to get kind of technical for just a second um, and maybe lose some folks um, because it, it, it's important for me to understand. Okay. So um, help me understand how lobe separation affects like the, like a naturally aspirated, a boost, and, you know, like a nitrous setup? Well, it looks like, um, which I know Aaron, you know, he can educate you pretty good on. on yeah, I've got one from him too, so yeah. for you. <laughs> the, uh, the, the lobe separation and the duration numbers, those are just numbers that come out as a, they fall out where they fall out. The numbers that cam people who spec cams need to pay attention to and they do the ones that really know how to do it they go by valve train events uh, you know intake opening intake closing exhaust opening exhaust closing those are the numbers you're looking for and you want to know what that relationship has with what you're doing and when you get those events correct the other numbers fall out where they may and usually it's, you know, they, they fall within a window, um, like nitrous cams fall out in, in, in one window, NA cams fall out in another window. So the lobe separations, you know, commonly on NA stuff, like if it's carbureted, you know, used to be 106, 108, you know, dirt track stuff was, was always tight. Um, you get a lot of overlap uh, and, you know, you get, those are the numbers that you want to concentrate on. Um, you just gotta, the education on camshafts comes from knowing where those events fall. Um, and, and those events fall, I mean, like, I mean, I'm, you're literally teaching me this. Okay. So like, not like I understand what you're saying, but so, and that'll come from like the cam lobe design or like, I mean, okay. Well, your lobe, the lobe separation is where the lobes are placed, you know, uh, in relation to each other um, and what what that lobe separation comes out to is where they're spaced and the reason you do that is to control your valve timing events and so the math just happens to work out you know uh, to where you see the numbers on the cam card okay, okay. that makes sense but makes uh, sense. you know and, and there are places um, you know that just that's what they do and you know yeah and they don't, they, they, they relay the information to people in the numbers that they can understand, 
which are, you know, your duration at 50 and your, mm -hmm. your lobe separation. So you got, um, you know, you've got say, you know, I mean, like, uh, you know, little John, he does, you know, that's what he does. Um, you know, BTR, Brian Tooley, they, they know their stuff. I mean, all these guys, that's what they do. Cam manufacturers, comp cams, cam motion, mm -hmm. you know, those cam manufacturers, they know their stuff because they're the ones, you know, grinding the cam. Yep. Aaron's trying to get me to talk with uh, Billy uh, at Comp 2, so I'm hoping that because we'll go deep, deep technical with that guy because oh, yeah. like, that's normal stuff for him. Yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a, a, an idiot. I mean, compared, I mean, Billy's, you know, all those guys that work there are just, you know, that's what they do. That's what they know. And, and, and I'm not afraid to call one of those guys or call, you know, uh, John Buley or one of those guys and say, hey, you know, this is what we've got. Help me with this, you know. Help, help me make it right. So yeah. um, if you're building a uh, boost is what I, I, I always like turbo stuff. So I'm always going to err towards that. So are you a less compression, more boost or more compression, less boost kind of guy? I am, I guess, typically known as a less compression, more boost, but I just actually talked with a customer about this today. Um, you know, he was wanting to put like 12 and a half to one in his engine. And I was like, hold on. Elsers. <laughs> you know, yeah. And he's like, well, it'll spool the turbo faster. I won't need as much boost. And I'm like, that is true, but you're narrowing your tuning window down to this, you know, it's yeah. not, you've got yes. zero room for error. Yeah. Something goes like at that level. Yeah. And I mean, and it doesn't have to be a tuning error. It could be, an injector or it could be a mm -hmm. fuel pressure issue one little hiccup and the whole thing's gone so so, so I'm, I'm understanding like a little bit less compression and a little more boost uh gives you a little wider window of uh maybe some not mistakes but uh safety safety yeah yeah and and you're not leaving anything on the table really um that's the part people hear safety and they hear well i'm leaving all kinds of power on the table that's not yeah. true there's more left in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing, you know, we, we talked about Derek earlier and how pretty much his, how, not how simple his combination is and it works. I've actually lost people because they want to know, you know, what, will you build me what Derek has? Absolutely. Here's what mm -hmm. it is. Oh, it can't be that. There's no way it's that simple. Well, it is. Yep. You know? <laughs> and, you know, I'll build them all day long like that. And that's awesome. And we build a lot of engines, um, you know, all over the country, all over the world um, for people. So here's what I did notice when I was at his shop, and I haven't released the video for that one yet, but there's another motor in the back that he said is a little different than the motor he's got in now. Mm -hmm. He said it's going to be a little nastier. It's so little nastier. That, that's kind of exciting. Uh, um, we're Him and I are going to do a, a Derek Kelly podcast 2.0, I think at the end of the season and kind of, Go over some of the stuff. I'd like to hear some more race stories from him for sure. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked about Aaron a little bit, and so I text him. I'm like, dude, I need a I need a question that is going to be technical enough that uh, Mike can answer for us, and uh, and it'll teach some people stuff. So here's what he said. He said he suggested that I ask how rating horsepower per cubic inch is a poor way to figure efficiency. He says that horsepower per CFM of airflow is the real way to judge an engine build. 
That's right. Yeah, I awesome. actually just talked to a customer about that today. He was uh, wanting to price a big block, and uh, he's got a 565, and he said, I know this 565 is not going to do it. He said, but I'd like to make 1,200 horsepower at the flywheel. And uh, he said, you know, what, what do we need to do here? I said, well, a 565 could do that, but you're going to have to squeeze that thing, you know, I'm talking, I mean, that's, you're going to spend a ton more money trying to make that thing do that, you know, as if you just built something, you know, bigger and it's still all about efficiency. NA horsepower is the hardest horsepower to get. Um, well, yeah, you can't and, just turn the boost controller up just a little bit, get that one more pound in there. You know, well, and you've got to, you know, your, 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 that's why the pro stock cars, you know, that, that run in HRA are so expensive, you know, cause those guys are like, just crazy, you know, with finding power, you know, um, and I, I mean, I'll say, you know, building boost engines is, you know, I, I love it. You know, we can make big horsepower. I just try to build reliability. Well, and one of the, one of the things that uh, Aaron and I were talking about one night was the, with boost, your valve, uh, your, uh, all the geometry that goes along with that doesn't have to be as wild. Like right. you know, a ton of guys are like, I want to make 600 horsepower NA. I'm like, dude, like get a regular cam, drive it like it's a truck and put a turbo on it and make 600, you know? Yeah. So, all right. Well, we, I've taken up a ton of your time. We've talked like an hour and 20 minutes here. So I, I'm, I know, I know you're busy guy. So I want to ask four, four questions uh, that I ask everybody. And, uh, It'll be interesting to see um, see your questions on this. So, not not just in racing, but in everything. What's the fastest you've ever driven mile per hour wise? Um, I've been well. Okay, <laughs> I had a uh, this car was a piece of shit. It's a seventy. It was a seventy three Plymouth satellite that. Two of my best friends in school had, uh, <laughs> and that car, I mean, it had 150 mile an hour, 155 mile an hour speedometer in it, and one night, me and my buddy that I told you had the 72 truck with the 420, mm -hmm. we had it buried one night, and, uh, and dang, and, oh, I shouldn't even be telling that, I'll probably get arrested, but that yeah, was, statute of limitations, I think you're good. <laughs> yeah, that was, well, that was a long time ago. Fastest I've been in, in a race car, my own race car was uh, about 160, you know, 100 in a quarter. That's uh, fast. It was that's, it was very fast, you know. That and, that's in that junk I was driving. I would say that's probably a faster feel, certainly than going 160 in a satellite. You know what I mean? Because oh, like yeah. you're like stopped and there in seconds. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I only did that one time. Usually my car would trap about 137 and that was running on motor. And then Dang. I put, I put a nitrous shot on it one time, just wanted to see what it would do. Mm -hmm. And hit it with 200 and it was spinning and I got it <laughs> to high gear and it just rolled out. And That's awesome. That fun. But that was so scary in that car. So if you are uh, tearing apart an old engine, and it's been sitting outside, like you said, the, the Cadillac motor from earlier. Are you, and you got these two cans of product on the counter, are you a WD-40 or PB Blaster kind of guy? WD-40. Yeah? Yep. 
I will say you're in the minority. Uh, a lot of folks have smell a PB blaster. Do what? I can't stand the smell of PB blaster. Yep, that's what everybody that has uh, gone the other direction will say. I talked to a guy named Dustin Self uh, who does um, like a bunch of custom frame stuff, but he uh, he uses a, a chemical called uh, Hills Compounders, Hills Manufacturer, something like that. But he said it's amazing. So I'm trying to work with those guys see if I can get somebody on the podcast from it. But it's like WD forty times ten. He says it smells good, doesn't have the PB blaster smell, but is as good as that. So, so that's kind of neat. Um, it, when you're working on engines, are you a gloves or bare hands kind of guy? Bare hands. Got to yeah. got to be able to feel it. Yeah, I've always just always you know used my bare hands. Um, I got a, a friend of mine that he he says he's amazed. He's like, you can tear down the nastiest engine in the world in a white tuxedo and not get anything on it. <laughs> it's just from years of getting dirty and learning how to not get dirty. I guess. Yep. Um, I, I've always got a towel, you know, like a paper towel in my pocket, and I'm always wiping my hands off. Yep. It drives me crazy to have dirty hands. That's um, why. And to be in the industry you're in. <laughs> and that drives you touching things that, that I get people that come in here and they'll see a block on the stand, and the first thing they do is take their grubby mitts and rub it right in the board. You know, oh, look you're at like, that. You're like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Does that belong? Cross hatches are real nice. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Uh, last one. You ready? Yes. Unlimited budget. Somebody's building it for you. You can do whatever you want. What is your dream car? Ooh, unlimited budget. Well, my favorite car, I've always had a lot of G bodies. I like those cars, but I think 65 Chevelle, a black 65 Chevelle. Um, yeah. Just, that is just sexy to me. That, mm -hmm. that car is just freaking awesome. Yeah. Big booty Judy. Tell yeah. me. That's set up with a 275 or something under the back. You know, bead locks on the back. It would just be, that's it. You know? That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, dude, that's all I got. I, I, hey, I really, really appreciate you moving around your schedule to fit me in. Uh, I, like, guys, everybody that's still listening, all four of you, I, <laughs> I messaged him 15 minutes before we're supposed to do this. I'm like, hey, man, I, well, I got to push back. He's like, okay, cool. I'll do whatever. So I, I really appreciate that. And, uh, I'd love to have you as a recurring guest. Like, I don't know, we'll, we'll come up with a couple different things. Uh, end of the season, like I talked about with Derek, I'd, I'd love to kind of circle around that and uh, kind of go over some stuff you maybe have learned from this year and things that will go into the racing season next year. So, Okay. Well, I thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I'm going to get more technical. I, I'm going to get more knowledgeable and then come back and learn more from you. Uh, whatever, any questions you have, I'll be happy to answer. If I don't know, I'll tell you I don't know. That's awesome. Man, that's what that's what we appreciate about, appreciate about you. Well, I appreciate right, tell, tell everybody bye. All right. Same <laughs> for you. Thanks. <laughs>